Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you today? Good. I'm good, thank you. So what I can do is, uh, so you see, the classes 
for the federation starts actually is March. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in past years, sometimes I ship it back by a few weeks, uh, as late as April. Yeah. But because I don't see us finishing anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so we have a predicament because at some point we will have to shift the we will have to uh, uh, shift the D itself. So how? Yeah. How about Saturday? Cannot, cannot. Who cannot make it on Saturday? One, two, three, four, five. For Saturday, we would have the flexibility of uh, not just in the evening. It can be in the afternoon, you know, for Saturday. Yeah. Uh, this class, uh, we stop at 9.30, right? For this class, 9.30, right? So it's a two-hour class. So it can be one to three, can be two to four, you know. So it is on Saturday. It is on Saturday. Huh? Saturday morning. Who cannot make it on Saturday morning? There are some who are working or have to bring their kids to enrichment classes or that themselves have to go for enrichment classes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I'll probably settle it by this week. So, uh, yeah, if if we can get a consensus on like one of the weekdays or uh, one of the time slot for Saturday, yeah, Saturday afternoon. Huh? So, yeah. <coughs> yeah, so how? Okay, let's start with the class first, uh, then uh, later I will end at 9.15, then we can sort this out. This week, I believe we stopped at verse 34. Yeah. And now we refer to verse 34. Yeah, so the previous week we stopped there. Yeah, so that when we pass away, when we die, uh, we basically relinquish everything. 
uh, or not knowing uh, without proper understanding, without clear understanding. And so, for the sake of those that we like, yeah, or those who are close to us, or those who we deem as our enemy, yeah, uh, we do all kinds of evil deeds. Yeah. We do all kinds of evil deeds. It becomes even more uh, poignant and uh, even more <coughs>。So the first uh, two verse So even our worst enemy ultimately uh, will, will come to an end uh, uh, but likewise yeah, but likewise uh, our, those who are close to us our dearest uh, at, the, at, the, at the surface this you can consider uh, individual persons or groups of people uh, but at a more intimate level, it can refer to our preferences, our likes and dislikes. Also, yeah. uh, if you consider who are those whom we consider to be our friend, and who are those whom we consider to be our enemy, yeah, or that we dislike, we can be distilled down to. Uh, the kind of experience that uh, these individuals or groups give us. Yeah, those that give us pleasant experiences, pleasant feelings, we would usually say, ah, this is my friend. Yeah. Those who give us painful experiences, painful feelings, then we consider this group or these individuals, uh, these are my enemies. Yeah. Or, at the very least, uh, this I dislike. Uh, this I dislike. Uh, in a way, we are we are innocent like children. Because uh. children are like that. Yeah. Uh, depending on the kind of feelings, that they, they are very direct. Uh, this one I don't like, this one I like. This one I don't like, this one I like. So in many ways we are we are like children. Uh, but if you were to deeply consider, all this would actually come to cease. Uh, all this would come to cease. Whether you like it and you want it to last, it will come to end, come to cease. Or you don't like it and you want it to cease. No, no, you don't have to try. It will cease also. Uh, and likewise. Likewise, this very body. Yeah? Likewise, this very body, in other words, ourselves. Yeah? Everything, uh, uh, everything ultimately comes to an end. Yeah? Everything ultimately comes to an end. This 
is similar to the similar to the to the short verse that my teacher always highlights. Ming uh, that everything that is uh, identified through labels, you know, defined through labels, is ultimately uh, uh, empty. Yeah. Uh, but this empty is a bit different. Huh? Yeah. Basically, it ceases to exist. But do we think in that way? Mm. For many people, when we hear this uh, message, uh, we hear this teaching, mm. uh, some people may feel that it is very morbid, or they may feel that uh, this is not a nice piece of news. Mm. Huh? Uh, so, yeah. In fact, someone even tell me that uh, we shouldn't give, uh, we shouldn't teach uh, small kids the four noble truths. Mm -hmm. Why? Because inside four noble truths we talk about death. Uh, and then this person says that I think this person is is citing child psychologists, uh, saying that oh, child psychologists say that if you tell the kids. Uh, about death and when they are very young they will be traumatized yeah. but uh, it depends huh, I guess yeah, it depends uh, in Bhutan I read an article about Bhutan they say that in Bhutan uh, it is common knowledge it is a common practice for them uh, since young to actually reflect on death. Yeah. Uh, unlike the Chinese culture, we don't really talk about death. Uh. Yeah. Uh, even if anything, anybody just say in passing that, like, choy. Or the more kantan one, tashut. But in, in Buddhist countries, it's actually a common thing. Yeah. But in fact, whether you talk about it or not, it, it happens, isn't it? It is a part of life. There was one day when I was with uh, with uh, a student from NTU Buddhist Society. He invited me to do a hospital visit and do some uh, to visit his uh, auntie. So after the visit, um, I sat down with him and and then talked a bit. So I said, uh, we don't like to talk about death, we don't like that. Who, who likes death? <laughs> Nobody, huh? You're all normal, no? don't worry. Um, not liking death is one thing. To be, uh, to be repulsed by death, but not like birth is another thing. There's nothing wrong with being repulsed by death. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the problem is, if you like birth, but you don't like death. Yeah. Yeah, that's why in Buddhism, 
if you consider the common phrase, uh, to transcend, to go beyond birth and death. Yeah. To transcend, to go beyond birth and death. Yeah. But for, uh, for most people, it is transcend pass. <laughs> Uh, uh, we crave for life, but we are fearful of death. So the, the paradox here is, because whatever is born is subject to aging, sickness and death. Yeah. It's not because the Buddha says so, then we have to suffer like that. Yeah. The Buddha merely observed this and realized that yeah, the goal is attempt to overcome aging, sickness, and death, led him to this observation and discovery. Yeah. That whatever has been born yeah, cannot escape. It's an inevitable uh, state. So I shared with the, with the uh, NQ uh, Buddhist Society uh, chat. I said, it is like if you were to go to a restaurant, yeah, and then maybe it's a multi-course meal. And after each course, they will clear your plate. And <coughs> with each course, as they clear the plate, then they present it to you a new plate. And at the end of the whole meal, they clear the whole table. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> we don't, as a result, get angry with the, with the waiter or waitress. For clearing the plate, for clearing the table, isn't it? Yeah. Or we don't, we sh we shouldn't get angry with finishing the last mouth of food, isn't it? So why should we be, you know, repulsed or upset with that in that sense? It's part of. As long as you start a meal, you know, there's an end of the meal. With each life, that as long as you start the life, there is an end of the life. That's the way it is. Well, would you like to have a meal that never ends? <laughs> <laughs> and if you consider the, uh, in a way, we have, we we are immortals. Uh. Yeah. If you want to live forever, immortal. Uh, in a way, in Buddhism, you, you have that already. Because if you don't do anything, your craving will propel you through samsara. Birth after birth after birth. <laughs> yeah. The only trouble with this uh, picture is that uh, the, our, our next destination is uncertain. Next destination is uncertain. So, that everything ultimately, uh, the, the translation here is, and all is likewise destined for destruction. Uh, destruction is quite a strong word. Huh? Yeah. Uh, or one could say, uh, and all is likewise, uh, and all will likewise come to an end. Likewise, come to an end. 
Whenever I fall sick, or I don't feel well, uh, I will reflect on death. Yeah, so sometimes, there was, there was once or twice when I fell sick and I started reflecting, then I was quite happy that I fell sick. Maybe it was because it was not a very major, painful illness, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh, good. I can do this reflection again. When we are sick, we hope to recover soon. There's yeah, nothing wrong with that, also. Yeah. Uh, but good to do a reflection on death. Uh, for me, I don't know about you, but I find that I'm more sensible when I fall sick. You know why? Because when I fall sick, whatever happens, uh, I don't have the energy to go and, you know, pick on anything. I will have to be very uh, measured in the amount of effort I put to to talk about this or talk about that. So it, then I become very super sensible. Then I will consider and consider. And sometimes I don't even consider three times. Because after the first consideration, I have to tell you, this is not important enough to warrant me a sick person to spend more, any more time to go and think about it. Not, not to mention go and discuss about it. It doesn't mean that uh, you don't do anything though, because unless you are totally bedridden. But it means that then it, it forces me to prioritize. Because usually when we are healthy, well, we, we, seem, we feel like we have limitless energy, you know? You want to quarrel? Come sit down. Right? Quarrel. <laughs> you seem to have yeah? the, the, the kind of vigor, zeal, the kind of exuberance. You know? Yeah. But then when you are sick, okay, okay, I'll sit <laughs> yeah. Usually after I get well, uh, this I, I can still remember this for maybe a few days. Yeah. And then after a week, oh, no, this cannot, this is wrong. This. <laughs> so sometimes I, I, I try to pretend to myself. Not, not that I, I pretend to people, but I pretend to myself. Okay, if I'm sick, what should I do now? Now similarly, we think that we we would live for several more years. Yes. Uh, we think that as I, I like what my late teacher always say. Oh, that we can live until two hundred years old. <laughs> I've counseled many students who have who are suffering from cancer, and some who have suffered from cancer, uh, suffered because some of them uh, go through the cycle and are in remission. Uh, some of them pass away. Yeah. My own uh, senior passed away uh, back in 2006, yeah. just, just a few months before I came back to Singapore. Besides being ill, usually these indi individuals who are facing cancer, uh, they they weren't they will 
really think carefully what they want to do. Yeah. Now, having said that, I've also seen some patients who, because of that proximity to the eventuality of life, they uh, then they start to think about all the past grievances that they have had. Wow. You want to settle all old scores now, you know. If you don't settle, no chance to settle, you know. Wow, so start, wow, start complaining, start ranting, start wow, venting, you know. Wow. So, uh, the, in the past few weeks, I mentioned about doing repentance. Yeah. Uh, the counterpart to doing repentance is to do forgiveness. A lot of people hold grudges in their, in their heart, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. I don't say that people knowingly, you know, but I have met, I have counseled individuals who knowingly, yeah, and, it, and it's very painful. I talk to them and I would take notes and then when I ask them when it has happened, the way they describe, it is almost as though they just quarreled with that person like a week ago. But when I, when I ask them about the actual date, it's some, one of the worst case was 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm serious. 30 years ago. And the person described it with a kind of emotions and you know, involvement. Yeah. That you, you, you would easily think that is just last week or yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the year is coming to an end. Yeah. Uh, good to good to clean up, uh. yeah, Good to clean up. Just ask yourself if if your life is going to come to an end next week. Yeah. By next week, I don't mean next Monday, lah. Could be next Sunday, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Okay. So you have one week to clear this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you may, you may not be ready to go and see the person and say, I forgive you. And sometimes maybe the person don't, don't think that they have done wrong. So, not, so you cannot just go there and say, hey, I forgive you. That person, forgive what? I never do anything wrong. You know what I mean? But the key thing is inside yourself. Yeah? Are you okay with that person? To make peace with that person. We forgive a person not because the person is right yeah. precisely because the person is wrong if the person is right there's nothing to forgive you know? yeah. so must always remember when you forgive a person you are really recognizing that the person did wrong and you, you choose to forgive and you choose to forgive not because the person deserve or don't deserve it yeah. But because you deserve the peace. <coughs> you deserve that peace. If you have held on to whatever, you know, for for more than a few hours or a few days or a few weeks, yeah. Uh, you should remind yourself you deserve that peace. When I was in the US, uh Newly ordained, uh, sometimes there are some grouses, you know. So when my mom called me, I uh, ran a bit. 
Then the following week, when she called me again, then she asked, Sue, how are you? Everything okay? I said, yeah, okay. Then she asked, like, how about that matter? I said, what matter? <laughs> then she said, no, 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 da, 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 da. Then I said, oh, the day after putting out the phone, I really, you know, I forgot about it. <laughs> I mean, not forget, la. I don't forget things. <laughs> I got quite good memories. Uh, but I have resolved it internally. Yeah. So sometimes, uh, sometimes you have to ask yourself, yeah, uh, do you want to hold on to it? Yeah, or do you want to, I wouldn't ask you to let go, yeah, but do you want to resolve it? Yeah, because uh, not suggesting that any of you is going to die next week. <laughs> How does that statement sound? Do you feel like, oh no, it's Sifu. Why is Sifu saying such a thing? Yeah. But think about it. If you, the longer you are going to live, then isn't it even more important that you should spend that long duration if you think that you're going to live for 30 more years then it's even more important to clean up now then you can enjoy that 30 years you know as a human being after all human rebirth means that you did something good in the past yeah so you should enjoy the human rebirth while doing cultivation rather than every day we go oh my god and at night cannot sleep you know after all yeah. When I read this uh, set of verses, ah, I'm, I'm again reminded of what my teacher taught us. This, this whole verse, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to explain verse by verse, but they are, the whole thing is very interconnected, okay? Then said Ruman Huan, very briefly, it's like our life, life, uh, life is like a dream, like a mirage, like an illusion. Ulu and Hersu, regardless of whatever, um, whatever things, whatever matter it is, Shou Yi Chen Yan Jing, I don't know how you uh, relate to this particular uh, verse, Shou Yi Chen Yan Jing, because I've heard my teacher explain this many times before. He said, you consider this, the moment you have experienced it, it has become part of the past. Part of the past. And when he says, Shou Yi Chen Yan Jing, becomes um, a scene within your mind. The moment you want to go and think about what you have experienced is a scene in your mind. Just like what? Just like a dream you had yesterday. Just like a dream you had yesterday. When we are in a dream, wow. Uh, my, my teacher always said, wow. <laughs> He's from Northeast China, so they like to eat jiaozi and baozi. Uh, so in Singapore, what do we like? Laksa, uh, 
Imagine if you are in a dream and you dream about all this food, wow, then you eat it, eat it, eat it. Once you wake up, are you full? You're not full. Yeah. Once you wake up, uh, whatever you have experienced, whether it's a pleasant experience or a fearful one, sometimes our dreams are not about chicken rice, yeah. sometimes it's about very fearful circumstances. Then what happens? Uh, we may be filled with fear. Yeah. But now when you wake up, or maybe after a few days when you think about it, it's just a memory. Yeah. Just a memory. If you can even remember. Yeah, it's just a memory. Yeah. So this verse is saying, even our real life, uh, our real life, when we experience it, uh, <coughs> Once we experience it, it becomes just a sin, just a sin within our mind. Basically, just an image in our mind. My teacher goes further than this and says that even as we are experiencing it, it is dreamlike. Not just three days ago, no. not just things that we have experienced three days ago, but moment by moment. Yeah. Think about it. Even as we are speaking now, can you remember that that sentence? Even as we are speaking now, it's been gone. No more. No more. I raise my hand now. Where's that monk who raised their hand? No more. Gone. It is now 8.10. One hour ago, we haven't started the class. Some of you may be having your dinner. Yeah. I mean, we could say that the dinner is in your stomach now. <laughs> yeah. But at this point in time, those scenes, the scenery yeah, uh, of you in a coffee shop or somewhere having a meal or driving through the traffic in the rain or some of us having discussion down in the library site. Yeah. Can, you, can, can you all still remember? Yeah. Try to visualize. Of course, I'm not saying that it is literally the same as a dream, but it is that the moment you have experienced it and it has passed, um, it is only um, as functional as a dream, yeah? where it is insubstantial already. Whatever you have experienced that has already passed, you cannot go and experience it again. It is gone, it's gone. Yeah. It's already gone. Yes, once you have experienced it, it moves, it just goes past, moment by moment. So we are not talking about saying, oh, what happened in three years' uh, time or uh, happened three years ago uh, feels like a dream. Of course, that is easy to understand. Yeah. Uh, but the deeper level of this verse is that. The moment you ex experience it, show ye Once you have experienced it, not not just referring to three years ago, three weeks ago, but as even as we speak. Now within the class itself, and now when we talk, not so difficult, isn't it, to 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 uh, appreciate this? 
uh, but usually uh, it's tougher if someone is scolding you right in front of you. Uh, when the person is scolding you, uh, doesn't feel like it has passed. Uh. It feels like the person is constantly scolding you uh, and it's right in front of you. The same goes if someone is praising you. Telling you, ah, oh, good job. Oh, that is true. Ah, yeah, this person. Oh, suddenly this person seems to glow. <laughs> oh. ah, the, and the person praise you, then the person looks like the person is glowing and maybe even floating three inches. Ah. Oh. So how can we actually appreciate this? How can we actually do it such that beyond the classes? Beyond when we are doing practices, meditating, or doing walking meditation, or when we are doing chanting, beyond all these so-called spiritual practices, how can we still appreciate this? There are three fundamental experiences. Yeah, the soul. There are three fundamental experiences: pleasant and painful, which I've mentioned, and then the third type, neither of this, neither painful nor pleasant. The painful experiences is what we usually try to overcome. The pleasant one, we never quite think about it because we are very happy to have pleasant experiences. Yeah. Uh, but I've been sharing this with students. We need to start off on the neither painful nor pleasant. Yeah. Before anything major happens, majorly nice, majorly bad, we have to learn to observe. Yeah. So sometimes when you are in the uh, in the lead, in the office, at home, yeah, just do this, you know, just observe and just try to take a snapshot and after that refer to that snapshot and, and consider where did that snapshot come to? Yes, pass. Only when you when you are able to observe this for neither painful nor pleasant, yeah. Uh, frequently enough and be able to actually appreciate it <laughs> to a certain level uh, then it becomes possible for us to observe even as uh, unpleasant experiences is happening even as pleasant experiences is happening and then we, are, we would be able to overcome our tendency Towards, to have aversion towards unpleasantness, tendency to have delight towards pleasant experiences, which, which in turn lead to hatred and grief. observe uh, during the neither pleasant or unpleasant then we are more able to yeah. not suggesting that before you can do it then you shouldn't observe the the, the the state when you are facing the pleasant or unpleasant ones yeah. uh, if you um, if you experience painful ex painfulness yeah. let's say someone 
cut you in the traffic, <coughs> someone is rude to you, you should try as well. Yeah, I'm not suggesting you shouldn't try. <laughs> you should try also. But it's just that if if we have not trained ourselves sufficiently yeah, on the neither painful nor pleasant part, uh, <coughs> it is a bit harder. A bit harder. So, and if you can do this over time, uh, then gradually, now you start to appreciate that, yeah, Ren Sen Ru Meng Huan. Our life is really like a dream. Yeah. Really like a dream. Now let me just jump ahead first. Uh. Let me just jump ahead. This reflection, as you do this reflection, uh, it is similar to the reflection on impermanence, similar to the reflection on uh, reflection and contemplation on emptiness and so and so forth. Uh, there was one series of Heart Sutra uh, where after two or three lessons, one student came to me and uh, seek my advice about how after doing this reflection for a few weeks, she find herself becoming aloof. Yeah? Aloof. Careless. Not careless, uh, careless. Yeah, but not so much that he, she don't care, but she just feel herself becoming disconnected. Yeah. Uh, so for her, she, she actually experienced it. That means she really do her homework and she actually experienced this <coughs> disconnection. Yeah. Uh, for many people, for other students who express concern about some of these practices, uh, it is usually uh, an uh, extrapolation. Yeah. Happen to be in the right direction. Yeah. Saying that, oh, if I, if I keep on doing this, then wouldn't I be start to become like uh, some of things? Uh. So the, the thing I want to highlight, I, I, as I said, I'm jumping ahead. Because yeah. I don't know how many of you have done this exercise before. But if you were to do it, uh, and you encounter this, do not be alarmed. Uh, it is part of the process. Uh, so I told her, if you indeed experience this already, in the case of the reflection on emptiness, then I say, the, the, then you can bring in the dependent arising portion yeah, for reflection on emptiness. Because emptiness has two parts. Huh? Yeah, the two are describing one thing. Uh, we usually uh, tend to lapse on one side. So how about this? The reflection on how everything as you <coughs> observe moment by moment, then you will come to the natural conclusion, then you, you just logically think, if I consider everything to be a dream, then what should I put up with my boss? <laughs> wow. Yeah? Crazy deadline, uh, wow, then you may go <laughs> Then after you come back to school, school. I try to exercise, very effective, I got fired. <laughs> uh, so before you get fired, please please take note, uh, Sifu give you one advanced tip. Uh, if you find yourself becoming a bit disconnected and aloof, 
then you must remember in Vedas Sutra it highlights the Bodhisattva, <coughs> the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, <coughs> while perceiving and seeing that all this is like a dream, but realizes that there is dreamlike pain as well. There's dreamlike sentient beings experiencing dreamlike pain. So, but there is also when you are actually, though for those who are in the dream, if you are really, if you are currently in the dream, not awakened yet, what happened? The dog chase you, you are also afraid of. Now, a very simple parallel is, if your child or your niece or nephew had a nightmare, and then, wow, have a wake up, oh, then you, you know, rouse him awake. Of course, we may also say like, ah, silly boy, you know, it's just a dream. Yeah? But although <coughs> it is a dream, yeah, the fear is very real. Uh, so from there, then, uh, arise compassion. From there, arise compassion. Uh, so this is to answer the later stages. Uh, I, I, I sort of bring it forward, yeah, because... Uh, Oftentimes, when it comes to this this part of the, of the teachings, then sometimes there's this question mark. Wow, before I learned Buddhism, I'm very caring. After learning Buddhism, <laughs> become Buddha. <laughs> uh, so there's this part. <coughs> the main the main application for this section here is really to uh, more inwardly. More inwardly, uh, to consider how do we act if we truly consider or truly start to appreciate that all things and matters in life are all like dreams, like an illusion. Then all the above verses, like Fu Wei Qing for because of friend and foe. Then we do all kinds of evil deeds. Then we wouldn't do that. Seeing that it is actually just a dream, you wouldn't be so rash and uh, act on it, your impulse, you know, and go and do all kinds of things. But you can step back. Uh, but when you, does it mean you don't do anything? You still do something. Yeah. But in this case, with wisdom and compassion. <coughs> Sometimes when you talk to people, they always say, Ayah, you know, they try to dismiss it, you know. 
and, and it becomes more frustrating. The reverse is if you talk to someone and they and they reinforce you and say, yeah, yeah, wow, 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 how can this person bully you like that? So either way, <laughs> it's actually not helpful, you know. In the first case, you feel more frustrated because you feel like the person don't understand your circumstances and uh, your grievances. For the second person, it actually reinforces your and nerves your hatred. Yeah. So consider, if for one year you have been bouncing back and forth in this already, so ask yourself, if you only have one week left, do you want to spend any more time on that? <coughs> the day that grievance happened, assuming it's a real grievance, <clears throat> you really suffer injustice. Whether it's past karma or not, I don't know. Don't come and ask me. Uh, for this case, is it past karma? I, I, I don't know. Okay? Uh, but what we know is that you have experienced it. Number one. Number two, that person may well be maybe in Italy enjoying <laughs> or maybe in Japan on tour, you know? Yeah? Or maybe when you're sleepless at 11 o'clock, you know, nursing your grievances, the person is watching me not move it. <laughs> so why should you, you know, re-experience the, the pain again and again? So I think we, we can reflect in this way towards that. Right? The, 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 the attitude is important, uh, because if we just say, oh, think about what happens if I'm going to die next week. If I leave your and that, you can go all kinds of ways. Uh. <laughs> you can go in a panic mode. What you learn? Why did Sifu suddenly say that? <laughs> is it because he knows that one of us is going to die? <laughs> or then, you know, some, some, some uh, naturally. I, I met, I met uh, uh, a, a, a student, not old, you know, in her 20s. And then she, she told me, she said, I have, frankly, I have a. Uh, uh, a real fear for my own own physical life. Think, <laughs> extreme paranoia about her, her own physical life, physical well-being. So, think about that. The attitude towards the reflection, the method, uh, that's quite crucial. No? Okay. So. So, as far as this, uh, so Fu Tzu is a standard phrase uh, for like further, okay, further. Fu uh, further, as far as this life is concerned. This should, uh, there are a few meanings, but the meaning here should be that they have passed away. Uh, so again, we notice that the highlight is always coming as a pair. Uh, friend and foe, friend and foe. Uh, friend and foe, friend and foe. In uh, Buddhism, there is the four immeasurables. The last one is equanimity. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, metta, karuna, mudita, upeka. Love, compassion, uh, appreciative joy, uh, and equanimity. And the 
one application of this equanimity yeah, is to, to relate to friend and foe equally. Yeah, equally. So, the, all these verses, you notice, always uh, uh, try to lead us, yeah, get us to relate to friend and foe equally. Yeah. Why? Because we tend to uh, we tend to relate to friend and foe differently. Huh? <laughs> ah, this one is my friend. Oh, oh, anything I will do for you, <laughs> even if it's something wrong, I will do for you. <laughs> this one is my enemy. I will do anything for you. Make sure you can <laughs> Even if it's something wrong. <laughs> huh? So we are we are actually very kind to our, our enemies also. Yeah, we are willing to go to hell for our enemies. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, of course. Once we are able to do that, then we we see that the, uh, they are not really our fault. Yeah. Uh, another way to look at it is that those who have harmed us and those who have benefited us. So there's two, there's this extra layer. We tend to look at those who have harmed us as our enemy, yeah, as our foe. Those who have given us a good experience, we think of it as, ah, this is our friend. So even as we transcend friend and foe, it doesn't change the fact that this person harmed me and this person benefited me. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is a good question, actually. Because, uh, as we learn about this, we may, I, I'm, I'm sharing with you some of the questions posed to me from over the years yeah, about some of these related topics. And one of them about friend and foe is the idea of treating them equally seems to like negate the kindness of people who have benefited you, isn't it? They bully you, ma. Huh? This person helped you so much, you also treat him like that. This person harm you so much, you also, you also treat him like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't it very, being very ungrateful? Uh, seems to be, isn't it? So, uh, the perception, the inevitable cannot be helped. We may then feel that, hey, the cultivation seems to make us like become uh, heartless, you know. <laughs> in a way, heartless. Uh, or in a way, become oblivious of things. Yeah. But if you consider the examples of the enlightened ones, uh, it doesn't mean that they forget who benefited them, who harmed them. Yeah. It's the difference is how they respond to this. To those who have benefited them, they are filled with gratitude. Yeah. For those who have harmed them, they are filled with compassion. Ayah, this person harmed me. With with evil thoughts, with defilements. Now this person, wow! Don't know when he will have to suffer the consequences. <laughs> of course, when Sifu say this, Sifu knows that it's not easy to do. Uh. Uh, so don't don't feel like oh yeah, Sifu, you always tell us to do all these things that cannot be done. <laughs> uh, we should recognize that it can be done. It's just difficult to be done. Uh, not, 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 it, 
possible. Yeah, that's difficult. So, enlightened beings, enlightened beings don't become oblivious of the differences. Yeah, they are just not so attached to it, the way we are, and they don't respond the way we do. That's the key difference. So, 不是于此生，亲仇半已逝，造罪苦果报，点滴后在前。So, as far as this life is concerned, our friends and family, uh, and also our enemies and foes, uh, then they eventually, once they have passed away. Uh, they would also experience uh, whatever uh, if they have done any evil deeds or we have done any evil deeds yeah, whether it's our friends or foe or ourselves if we have done any evil deeds what happens? you have done evil uh, the, in many uh, in many texts about karma then it uses the word retribution so this the fruits yeah, the fruits and the, its experience what kind of experience? painful experiences painful experiences what happened? Uh, so it's coming uh, uh, even if it's bit by bit is coming. Just waiting for the right moment. Uh, it's coming. In the uh, Dhammapada, the Buddha described um, the the evil that has been done by a, a person follows him like the shadow of a wheel cut. Just as the shadow of a of a cut follows the wheel. Yeah. Cannot run away. <sighs> How are? Cannot run away. How? Oh, yeah, good answer. Huh? Of course, if you can don't do evil, then don't do evil. But what about those that we have done? Maybe in this life, maybe in the past life. So how? Uh, so, um, In the in the Buddhist teaching, we say that uh, even as you have done good or evil, uh, it requires conditions for the good and evil seeds to be nourished and uh, grow until fruition. And one of the key thing that uh, nourishes it, grows it, and ultimately trigger it. Is our defilements. It's our defilements. Uh, the default mind triggers the ripening of the karmic seed. The Buddha declared those who have reached a certain level of cultivation such that they are uh, they they are said to have reached. Stream entry, Sotapanna. 
are familiar with this term, Sotapanna, some of you? Yeah, so, yes. So, stream entry, uh, the first stage of enlightenment. Sotapanna. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the term stream entry is a metaphor describing how a person uh, is like uh, a leaf. Yeah? If the leaf drops by the bank, it just stays there. But if the leaf were to drop into the stream that's headed to the sea, it will just cause and reach the sea in due time. Yeah? Now, please don't overthink it. Huh? Uh, when it's a metaphor or an analogy, don't overthink it, okay? Uh, don't raise your hand and say, Sifu, what about if there's a rock there? Then you get stuck there. <laughs> what about if there's someone there clearing the thing? How about if there's it's Marina Barrage, then Kalang River, then stuck there, then don't go to the sea? Please. <laughs> Metaphors are typically simplified model of reality to highlight a certain principle. Uh, so in this case, the principle is that when a person has reached this level of, of uh, awakening, then uh, he is bound for enlightenment. At most, no matter how lazy or how lazy, <laughs> but in the sutra it, is, it highlights the uh, first stage enlightenment, uh, usually more energetic than most people already. But comparatively, there are still those who are super energetic and those who are not. So those who are super energetic, first stage enlightenment, within that life, boom, arahantu. Uh, but there are those who may take longer, at most, seven back and forth, seven times back and forth. Yeah. At most, reborn as a human being seven more times. No more than that. Uh, no more than that. In the past, I always wondered, and, or, or rather in the past, when I first hear about it, I didn't wonder. I just took it as a magic number that, okay, well, we have this magic number, you know, once you reach stage one, it is there somehow seven, seven more lifetimes at most, can be one, can be two, can be three, but not more than seven so over the years, I I, I learned the different sutras and I there's a lot of cross-reference of the, of the description of stages and, ah, then it dawned on me so I gave this uh, analogy to some students. Uh, imagine if you are in a plane, okay, and then you are sitting, let's say, by the owl. Uh, do you all like owl seat? No. Some of you like, huh? I, I prefer window seat yeah, because I can hold my bladder. And usually, I, before the plane takes off, I would have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, imagine if you are at the owl seat and then you know, this captain speaking, all crews prepare for takeoff. Then, then okay, then tong. Uh, then uh, attention, this your first uh, what, uh, first crew or whatever. Uh, we're gonna serve refreshment and while. Uh, meanwhile, for those who are seated, please buckle your seatbelt. For those who want to walk around, you can do so. Uh, the toilets are behind. Da, 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 da. Uh, then later on, they serve the meal. And as you are eating, then suddenly you happen to just see a spark from the window. And it turned around. <laughs> the, the engine of. <laughs> you know? I'm last year. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine what I was. Yeah. So scary. Anyone going for a holiday? Huh? Yes. <laughs> so 
and then like, boom, and then like, boom, and then the, the fella, you know, you know, yes, sir, or oh, yes, ma'am, <laughs> you want coffee or tea? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then the fella, oh, don't worry. <laughs> Can I get something for you to drink? <laughs> no, it's okay. More ice cream for you. I say it's SQ. <laughs> And, and then he just, hey, why are you going? And you're like, seriously, hey, did you see that? Then somehow the person who is at the window, let's assume the person at the window, somehow, see what? You, you, you open up, then when you open, hey, no more firewall. Let's say, uh, let's say, let's say there's no more fire. fire la. But you really saw fire, no? It's not an imagination. Would you be able to continue eating your, your meal? <laughs> because nobody announced anything. <laughs> so you tong, and then the fellow come again. Yes, sir. Or yes, ma'am. Any, any, uh, do you want to have anything else? No, no, no. The, the engine was on fire. No, but it's not on fire now. But it was on fire. Oh. Why don't you come with me? And then the person move you up to business class <laughs> and then see you right in the middle so that you cannot see anything <laughs> can you enjoy the business class and relax no. I don't think so uh. I, I use this description uh, to describe how a person once you have seen a glimpse of the truth will never turn back maybe for a split second be like but then that that impact is so great that even if you don't see it consistently burning you will not forget that and so no matter how how lax the person is at most seven lifetimes at most uh, so uh, The, 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 there are many statements that the Buddha declared about the Sotapanna. One of them is at most seven lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing he mentioned is ah, that Sotapanna will not be reborn in the lower realms. Will not be reborn in the lower realms. Uh, but before the lower realms, <clears throat> so. Uh, I once heard someone say this. I can't remember whether it's a lay person or a venerable, but the statement is more important than who said it. And it is that, yeah, the goal of all Buddhists should be to at least attain Sotapanna, to see that burning flame. Not, not that you go and set it on fire, but to see that, see that burning flame at least once. Because then you 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 are safe. Then you are truly safe. Otherwise, this 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 week, this life, you are Buddhist. Next life, maybe you can get upgraded to business class. You know, get reborn into heavenly realm. Then forget. <laughs> yeah, uh, hard to say. Hard to say. If you can attain at least first fruit, or if you are up to it, 
practice, you know, start off on the Bodhisattva path. The, in, the imprint of the, the vow itself will, will carry through and will carry through. Now, but that doesn't mean that you just have the Bodhisattva vow and sit back, like a minute, relax. You must keep up the practice to nourish the seed. Uh, but for, for those who are uh, enlightened uh, to that degree, Sotapanna and above, uh, the Buddha said, will not be reborn in the lower realms. Yeah? That's, that's a very good guarantee, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> so last time, when I first heard it in secondary school, in the RK class, it was again a magic, yeah, magical statement. Wow, <laughs> like a assurance, bus stop, chop, stamp, confirmed, you know, don't worry. Yeah? But as I learned more teachings, then I realized that it is not that kind of assurance. It is not simply some exclusive club. Yeah? Oh, once you are the gold frequent flyer, then you don't have to clear with the rest anymore. <laughs> uh, no. But it is by virtue that those who are sotapanna and above, they do not connect with defilements to the degree that it's possible to trigger the seeds for lower realm to arise. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Uh, it, 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 you know what I'm saying? Uh, those who have attained enlightenment, first stage and above, they do not connect with defilements the way unenlightened beings do. First stage to third stage, there are still different levels of defilements. Yeah? But not, not to the extent where totally get totally lost. So in the suttas, there's this description. And my lead teacher shared with us, it is like for the enlightened ones, uh, for the first stage or the second or third, sometimes there may be momentary lapse. Yeah? So it is like if you heat up a stone plate for the whole day, such as red hot, then above there's a, there's a container with a hole filled with water. And the, through the hole, it will drip. What will happen? Tom. Well, actually, there's no sound when it drip. Mm. It's when it hit that there's a sound. So drip. The moment it hit the 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 the, the stone that has been heated for the whole day, pssst, as fast as it as it arises, it dissipates. So for the first stage, enlightened one, there may be momentary lapse of mindfulness of awareness. Yeah. Uh, but as fast as it arises, immediately dispel it. Immediately that that keen yeah, uh, effort and uh, awareness arise. Yeah. So that it doesn't go beyond, you know. And then <laughs> so compare this with unenlightened ones. Uh, unenlightened ones is like the plate, like a cold plate. Uh, so also dripping, tuk, 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 tuk,
uh, acid drops. The, the dropping of water is an analogy for a rising of defilements. Yeah. For unenlightened beings, the defilements can accumulate and amass and accrue until it overwhelms us. Yeah. And this is the distinction. And it is because of this, not some explosiveness stuff, yeah. it is because of this that the Buddha declared those who have reached the first stage of enlightenment and above would not be reborn in the lower realm. Not because the Buddha is there to stop them from going there or to guard and protect them. Safety net. Huh? Ah, don't worry, I reached first stage, Buddha is there to hook me, huh? catch me. No. But it's because of their cultivation, they would not connect with the lower realms. But for unenlightened means, even before we experience the results, we continue doing more and more, yeah, more and more. So in the Buddhist tradition, uh, there's in some centers there's this practice, uh, on the new moon and the full moon, then the devotees would come to the center and then do repentance yeah, uh, uh, for the faults and wrongdoings yeah, and then uh, if they break any precepts we take the precepts yeah. uh, but uh, don't wait until the full moon day or the new moon day <laughs> yeah. uh, before that on that day when you do something wrong uh, immediately if you can if you know that it's wrong immediately, go to the, uh, maybe you cannot find Sifu, uh, you cannot, or you, you find Sifu, tell Sifu, uh, tell Buddha. <laughs> you must tell, tell someone, okay? Uh, uh, but don't just go through motion, then okay, then repeat again. Uh. But of course, even if you repeat, please, uh, last time I'm a bit more, how do I put it, more like that, huh? like that then don't do but now I say even if you uh, do wrong and then you go and confess the next day do again confess again no, no problem I, I, I say no problem doesn't mean it's okay huh? <laughs> I mean better that you do this than you just yeah I don't care I don't have to confess <laughs> because the whole process of doing the confession and repentance is to recognize that it is wrong you repeat it often enough you know what will happen? Uh, this is my first-hand experience. The moment you encounter circumstances that um, triggers your your defilements, uh, your repentance verses uh, that you have said yourself will arise in your mind. If you do it often enough and sincerely enough, uh, not that Buddha will come out and then, hey, Yesterday you just confessed and you... <laughs> ah, no. Not that the Buddha will come and remind you or slap you or what, ah, but if you do it very sincerely, the next time you encounter those circumstances that that seed, that imprint that you have planted when you do confession and repentance will arise. Yeah? And if, you, if it's strong enough, you can overcome the defilements. And then you experience the change. Not enlightened yet, ah, but your confidence in the teachings, confidence in yourself, 
confidence in the Buddha increased that much because you have overcome defilement in the right way not just ah, forget about it <laughs> no but you see that it as it happens and you overcome it I've been encouraging students in my classes uh, in our life as a Buddhist we must experience this at least once see your defilements arise overcome your usual habitual tendency because if you, if you can see that happening and overcome it through the teachings uh, huh, then you don't need someone to say ah, you must believe uh, you must this and that you yourself have that confidence oh yeah it, it actually works huh? now even if you do that it doesn't mean that tomorrow you become a saint you become enlightened arahana yeah, that you'll never make mistakes again you probably will make mistakes again yeah. but you would have the confidence that you can do that again not a mistake uh, but the overcoming yeah, the overcoming and it will be like it will be like if you have a, a whole room of, of things to clear as long as you are able to clear one piece then it's a matter of time that you can clear up the whole room you know the question of your effort and time so for so the good news here is that even as we have done even wholesome deeds in the past if we were to uh, uh, have a proper process to to recognize the wrong and the fault yeah, and to plant a deep enough imprint yeah, through repeated practice then even as those deeds were done uh, important thing uh, I'm not highlighting this as though it's a loophole then we can escape uh, but it's that uh, it will not it will just become dormant yeah. the, the seeds are still there uh, in Buddhism we don't say hey, 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 since this person comes for class for so often uh, we write off, we just write off. Okay, I want time write off, okay? No, it's not a write off. It's just that it is there, but you're not connecting with it. The, the beauty, the interesting thing is, this, from an unenlightened being point of view, this is wow, painful. Uh, in future, the person wants to find me and oh, uh, I'm going to suffer, you know. But once we have reached a certain stage of Bodhisattva path, you will look at this as precious gem because it's through this, all these seeds positive and negative seeds that you have a chance to interact with sentient beings again not that I'm encouraging people to go and do bad deeds huh? but whatever has been done you recognize that yes, there were conditions defilements and everything else then did this and so there's this link then you have a chance to go and do something about it. My teacher, he said, unenlightened beings, you are afraid, huh? I mentioned before, Sentient beings, you are afraid of the painful results. Not afraid of doing things. But the Buddhists, the enlightened ones, they are concerned about doing the evil deed because it harms people. Further, then he explains, says, when it's time to experience the result, 
they courageously face it. They courageously say, okay, come, let me face it. So he cited from the Agamas about some of the disciples of the Buddha, yeah, uh, enlightened ones. So there's this, there was this Arahant, this monk, he, what happened now? So there's this person, there's this person who, uh, who had a grudge with this monk in the past. Then because of that, uh, that deep hatred got reborn as a snake. Then, then what happened? Uh, the, the monk uh, become an arhat, right? Then uh, open up the open the door. Then the, the, the snake was dead. Then could not climb. And then the snake died. But without intention, killed the snake. So it's even more fragile. Then at some point, become a human being. Then wanted to come and take revenge. So a bow and arrow want to shoot at him. Uh, then the Arahant, uh, at that point in time, willed it not to happen. So when he shot, the arrow somehow whoa, shot himself. <coughs> Even more further. Uh, until the, at some point, at some point, uh, Doesn't come back to try to take revenge again. So then the Arahant at that point in time then considered, why is this person repeatedly, you know, then observed, ah yeah, in the past, through accidents and so on, so now this person wants to, you know, settle the score. So he allowed it to happen. We don't fight. Yeah. For us, uh, Maybe we, we may be able to do it, huh? but if it's very painful, if let's say let's say you owe someone something, yeah, let's say you owe someone a life, yeah, then the person come and say, okay, you let me slap you, we we the score. Who will agree? You owe the person a life. The person say, you let me slap you, we settle. Who would agree? Everybody should agree, huh? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Lucky draw. <laughs> yeah? But if it, if the person say that he wants your life, will you be ready? Uh, the enlightened ones are different. So there are, there are different accounts about how those who are enlightened uh, you know what they do? The person wants to come and take the life, right? Then you say, can. But first, let me give you teachings. If you let me give you teachings, I'll let you keep it. Something like that. Yeah. So you see, at first, it's a negative karma. Look. But the person is so eager to kill, just agree. Right? Then after listening to the drama, okay, decide not to kill. <laughs> but the important thing here is, the enlightened being do so, not to save himself, you know, but to save him. Ah, to save him, you know. Yeah. So, not easy, huh?
do I owe any of you my life, your life or my life? Or, uh, I don't know whether I'm ready or not. So, uh, <音>因物不圣洁命中如是走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走走
time and effort. Uh, not suggesting that we spend a lot of time fighting with people to acquire things, but sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes we may fight to acquire something to get something else. Maybe we really need it, yeah. Uh, and if we really need it through rightful means, why not? Through rightful means, why not? Yeah, to acquire something. Nothing wrong with that. It's your life. Yeah. If you look at life, and if you realize that we are basically enjoying the fruits of our past good karma, so if let's say your good karma can sustain a life that is let's say 80 years, so every single second is actually using up your karma. You know? Yeah. If you truly appreciate that, wow, no time to waste, you know. How how are you going to use your eight years? That day I was sharing with my friend. I'm not sure. When we have, I don't see. When we have birthday celebration, how many candles do we put? One. Uh, nowadays, uh, <laughs> by by the fact that it's one, I know that you are not in your twenties anymore. Admission <laughs> 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 of you. <laughs> <laughs> Usually those who are in their teens, who are, who are insist on putting the correct number, in their twenties also, oh, once you go past 25, uh, 27, then, sort of killer. My, 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 you start to realize that having myopia is a bliss. <laughs> so I shared, uh, instead of celebrating your birthday and taking into account how many years you have used up, we have passed, maybe we should consider on average how many years left do we have. Yeah. So let's say like next year I'll be 44. So average lifespan of men in Singapore is 80. So I have statistically I have 36 years left. Statistically speaking. But it could be 36 days left, 36 hours left, it could be 36 minutes left. If it's 36 minutes left, well, I'll be quite happy actually, because it means that out of the 36 minutes, I would have spent another uh, half, uh, 20 minutes on Dharma. Oh. You know, how many people can say that in the last half an hour of their life, they spend 60% uh, of it on Dharma? Looking forward to it. <laughs> but instead, if you don't have this deep realization, uh, then give rise to greed, hatred, and delusion. Uh, Christmas year end sale. Wow. Hey, this one is. Wow, this one is. Wow. <laughs> and not just that, huh? With the arising of greed, hatred, and delusion, then, then you do a lot of evil and wholesome deeds. A lot of evil and wholesome deeds. For most people, uh, I, I like to think that most people don't really do a lot of evil. I, I, I like to think so. I mean, if, there's, if, if 
if even students in DL do a lot of evil, then what more outside, right? Then Singapore should have very high crime rate. Uh. So I, I think at least for Singaporeans or people in Singapore, generally speaking, we don't really do so much evil through the body and speech, as in illegal things, not so much, yeah, probably. But uh, those that is not illegal, uh, in terms of karma, may be unwholesome also. Evil is a strong word, uh, uh, but it may be may not be what we call evil, but at least unwholesome. Yeah, unwholesome. And what is unwholesome? When it's filled with greed, hatred, or delusion. Greed, hatred, and delusion in turn are big umbrella terms. When we go to uh, go to the food court and we get chili, if we get more chili than we need, strictly speaking, uh, not not to give treat all of you, huh? Yeah, but for me, uh, I become quite conscious of this. Uh, that yeah, wow. Then I, the the first time I I realized, wow, yeah, wow. So what? Uh, it's a it becomes a habit, you know, such that you don't even think about it. So some some students, some people may say. But I, I didn't think about greed, but <laughs> you didn't actively think, oh, let me have more chili, I'm greedy for chili, but it has become unconscious. That's even worse. Huh? <laughs> it becomes a habit already. That's true. Yeah. Now, this is not about picking over that few grams of chili, you know, party or whatever. I mean, you can say we can say that the shop, shop, the stall, do not mind. You know, it's part of the cost of business. But uh, what happens in our mind? What happens consciously or unconsciously? Yeah, the, those actions. There was once I heard uh, a friend. He's a very good friend of mine, and he's a very nice. His filial and everything, like nothing. You can't really complain much about him. Yeah. In fact, he, when I was a lay person, among our group of uni friends, he, he oftentimes would just randomly bring up a topic to talk about, and it's then linked to filial piety, linked to appreciating what we have. So he's, by all means, quite a nice person, quite a good person. But one day he shared about how he went on a business trip, and then the I think it was a business trip, but definitely overseas because it was in a hotel. And then the the staff or somebody was like pissing off. And then he did something. He he turned on the taps, all the taps before he left. <laughs> but I heard that oh it, it pained me so much. Not so much that the the hotel well, hey, I invest in that hotel, you know. <laughs> but I feel so bad for him. Because yeah, you you have done so much good all these years, you know, and then out of the anger, whoa. <laughs> and you may think that if, if if a person do that, surely in his mind he's thinking, huh, I will get back to you all in a different way. But actually, who, who is get, getting back to who? He's, he's getting back to himself. <laughs> out of hatred, then he, he, he used use up the resources. 
So, let's say a friend shares this with you. Yeah, you may not agree with it, you, but you may you, you, you may say, you how can you do that? But if your friend did that, the friend will further justify. Will say, no, you know, I tell you, uh, that hotel really jala no, really must teach them a lesson. Then at some point you may you come, yeah, I guess I have to teach them a lesson. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And even if you still don't agree, you wouldn't think of it as being evil, isn't it? Yeah? You may just think of it as wasted. Uh, but even such subtleties uh, is unwholesomeness. Yeah? And would be classified under the umbrella of hatred. Even as it is not deep-seated, 30 years later, he's still talking about it. No. Yeah, but at that moment, yeah, the intensity and most importantly, the direction. The direction itself is under the family of hatred. Uh, so, uh, again, here I want to highlight a uh, uh, jump ahead uh, tip, uh, which is that uh, some students would then share with me that, oh, Sifu, before I learned Buddhism, uh, I live very carefree life. After learning Buddhism, Oh, my life becomes very stressful. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I become so cautious of what I do, what I say, what I think. Uh. Oh. <laughs> like I'm, I'm living in a mad minefield, you know. So I, I would often laugh and say like, so are you, would you like to put on your blindfold and walk in a minefield? <laughs> or to take off your blindfold and realize that you're living in a minefield? and be able to see the minds. The Buddha's teaching didn't plant the minds there. It's reflanging the minds. If we choose to then ignore it and say, ah, this is too difficult, it's basically saying, let me take out all the, all the flags, or let me just put back the blindfold. I feel safer this way to walk. <laughs> So be courageous. Yeah, if you encounter this mindset, this thought, yeah, uh, which some of you may, some of you may not, after you actually put it into practice, those students who come to me with such like stress is because they actually put it to practice. Then they will experience this. Yeah. But there are some who who just quite naturally they practice, but they overcome it anyway. Yeah. But in case if you face this predicament, uh, know that, uh, remember the mindful uh, example, okay? Uh, yes, it is It is tricky because now you can see clearly, then you realize that there's not much place to walk. Huh? Uh, before that, well, you can walk anywhere, <laughs> uh, but it's safer to know where you can tread and tread safely, okay? Okay, let me just cover verse 39. Then I want to spend just a little bit of time to settle the schedule coming uh, to uh, does it uh, st ever stop 
know. Uh, whether or not there's a clock, time just go on. Uh, here, saying so yet is essentially referring to time. So yeah, So our life uh, uh, this is in line this is exactly what I was talking about. Huh? When we celebrate our birthday, uh, it seems to be our age is increasing. Huh? But here it's saying this life is constantly uh, uh, deteriorating and de decreasing. Yeah. Our life is decreasing, not increasing. Yeah. Yeah, beyond that, it doesn't increase, you know. <laughs> it doesn't increase. It doesn't increase. Booming qi bu wang. This, our life, can it, can it not die? <laughs> My life. Even that, our life is always decreasing. Your life in general is always decreasing. Day and night is always moving on, not not stopping ever. And our life doesn't increase. Then can my life not not come to an end? Can it not perish? <coughs> when things are going well we want it to last forever. But when it's not going so well we wish it was Ayah, so that's one I'm in the world. But in fact this is the truth of our life. Yeah, truth of our life. So I think last week or last last week I mentioned about the Pusian Pusa Ching Tongji. Yeah. Do you know how to chant? Don't know how to chant. How many of you know how to chant it? One, two, three. Let me see whether there's internet access here. Oh, really? 